This episode of the On The Radar Podcast is sponsored by Ink and Iron Tattoo Parlor, located at 1505 Adam Street in downtown Toledo. They're open Monday to Saturday, 1 p.m. to 10 p.m., online at inkandirontattoo.com, or check out their Instagram page at inkandirontat. <laughs> Welcome to another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. This is the podcast that features music and artists coming to, through, and from the greater Midwestern areas. My name is Peapod. Thank you so much for joining us. We are at Underhill Recordings. This is the first session with Underhill Recordings in 2019. Very excited for this. A um, little background before we get started. So, uh, previous episode that we've done, actually the first episode when we moved into uh, your new house here now, your current residence for Underhill Recordings, Pat and I, we interviewed a post-rock band named Man Mountain out of Detroit, and that is available on your podcast feeds wherever you get them. Cheap plugs at the end of the show. Um, and it just, we, I was astounded. I was like, so like mesmerized by the whole post-rock genre and uh it was talking to more people and we hooked up uh with Derek out of in-store recordings out of uh, Indianapolis on their independent uh music label and uh we were invited in October of last year to the first ever post festival and I was just blown away by the types of music and the people and the walks of life and just everything about it and one of those acts is not only uh, involved in creating the first ever festival, but they're a band themselves. So we're going to dive in. From Indianapolis, Indiana, this is Pillars. Gentlemen, good morning. How are we doing? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good, good morning. A little, little, little rough, of course. We we all had a uh, late night uh, on the day of this recording, the day before. we, we the, You guys uh, played at your very first uh, post-festival pop-up show in Sandusky, Ohio, and you guys are going to be doing more of those throughout the year, but we'll talk more about that a little bit. So, But glad you guys can come uh, and hang out with us and traveling through. Very yes, excited. Yeah, of course. Very of course. balmy here in Toledo. Yeah, yes. It's a little, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little cold. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, January in Ohio, or February in Ohio. Excuse me. I forgot what uh, month it was. It's February in Ohio. So uh, it's Midwest. So it's really funny because I, I always love the the meme recently because we had the the recently the polar, polar vortex where temperatures were at with wind chill like forty below zero, and then four days later the high was fifty degrees. Yeah, they're like M- Mother Nature's like you can't go from negative forty to forty above zero. That's like like 50 degree or what that's like that's a hundred degree difference in one week and then it's and then it goes ohio hold my corn (laughs) i I absolutely thought that was hilarious because that's it just not healthy at all it was it was very weird but yeah we're we're at a we're at a brisk 20 some degrees so thanks so much for coming out uh take a moment uh introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in the band i'm zach i play the drums and pillars my name's nason i do the bass 
I'm Justin. I'm one of the guitarists. Mark Guitars. Excellent. So, four-piece post-rock band. Very excited. Kind of started around 2015. Um, listening to some of the backlog of your stuff, you guys actually had a vocalist of one time, or did vocals. Was yeah. that was one of you the vocalist, and then they left, or 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 you did vocals in-house with this this group of people? Yeah, it's always been us four. Uh, Mark was the vocalist mm. initially, and... Um, we decided it was time to cut that out and have more fun with the guitars. Hmm. So Mark can talk yeah, more about that. I think initially we were, we knew, uh, we came to the table with, we weren't sure what uh, kind of style of music we wanted to play. Um, so we wrote, you know, probably 20 different songs um, and just kind of jammed them out and see what kind of felt right. Because we've all known each other probably since we were 16. Um, have played in different bands uh, separately, but not ever together. Um, but we've all known each other and played and grew up in punk rock scene and everything. Um, but we started the band. Uh, naturally, we kind of went this uh, ambient post-rock direction. And I think at first we wanted to kind of do our own thing with it and try out the vocals. Um, I was getting, <laughs> I think I was trying to take a little uh, more of a, like, intertwined with like a goth kind of approach with it um almost with some like morrissey smith kind of vibes with it uh but uh i think we just it, it wasn't what we wanted to do we wanted to focus more on uh getting away from the traditional song structures and concentrate on the music and and it's uh ever since been awesome and been kind of natural this uh genre of music is very of, of post music is very methodical at times and but it could also be very whimsical in the and, and i've noticed even at the post festival like you know everybody was in the is in different forms of post music outside of malone Terrible joke. He's come, uh, he's, he, we're trying to book we're, him. we're trying to book him for the first one. Yeah, Post Malone at Post Festival, <laughs> 2019. Go go look for it. Sorry, that's the only joke I'll I'll make about the uh, of the of the name because I I told people it's like I'm going to a post rock music festival. And they're like Post Malone. I go yeah yeah, yeah, yeah no he's uh yeah he's headlining. It's it's it's. Well, it's didn't gonna he do his own fest called Post Fest or something? Posty. Posty Fest, because oh, okay. his nickname is Posty, so <laughs> snuck by with the name. Good job. Um, but it, it was very interesting because, you know, with a lot of post music, and when I try to tell people more about this genre of music, and I'd like to hear your point of view of it. I, I said, take, like, the genres of, like, rock and progressive and synth and ambient and then make a big Venn diagram. That middle part is is post, but I, I like to get your point of view of like what you would define or what mm. if you need to explain to someone who doesn't know this type of music, what do you think it's called or how do you explain it to people? Well, um, I kind of let Zach take off on that because he was way into this way before any of us were, uh, and we thought he was kind of a weirdo. But once you get into it, it's something that you're you love. Mm -hmm. so. Right, I think uh, really where where it all came down to was I was way into a lot of just like down tempo ambient stuff. So like Boards of Canada, but I loved groups like Radiohead, especially like Kid A. I, I feel like that was a monumental album. Even go as so far to say it was almost a post rock album, just because it was something that we've never heard before. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes to like the instrumental post rock. You know, things that uh, I was way into, you know, years ago, ISIS, you know, the, the Hydrahead catalog, you know, Red Sparrows, things like that. But to, to 
coin a term of it. I, I would just simply say just, you know, experimental, instrumental instrumental music, a lot of emotion behind it. It's, mm-hmm. fu- it's funny just the walks of life that, you know, come um, to the epicenter of what's called post-rock. And I feel like it's, it's just the the absolute core um, or the, the the rawness of of it being completely experimental and uh, emotional is what I would is what I would say. I like what you said about the, being a lot of very emotional sense because you get that feeling uh, whether you go to more of an ambient route, um, but also you know if you go to a lot more of the the aggression uh, and even if some post rock uh, bands like you know the Appleseed uh, the Appleseed Cast uh, American Football um, you know that do involve vocals, the emotion is still there in the instruments. It, it tells the story, the almost the core of any kind of sound and music and art is is the music is is the forefront it tells the story without the vocalist or somebody telling the story itself what got you guys into, the, I mean, you, you all introduced in this weird world of music. Um, was it, were you afraid to do something like this? I, I guess you could say for lack of a better term outside the quote unquote norm, um, music is, is so fluid and, and, and has so many genres and subgenres and sub subgenres and everything. Um, but it can also be very too structured at times. So were you afraid that when you started developing into this style and actually finally getting to the point where, you know, Mark dropped from vocals and concentrated on instrumental, you were afraid to how to, how do you conceive your parts and pieces for the music for the masses? Well, uh, without vocals, it's weird. You're a lot more exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I don't necessarily say you can hide behind vocals, but every part means a lot more without the vocals there. So mm-hmm. that was a hard thing to con- uh, to grasp at first, but once it happened, then it's kind of your thing. Like we all had our parts and we all were able to express emotion through just the music um, without, yeah, like you said, having to uh, tell a story and have lyrics and things like that. We didn't have to, we don't have to do any of that. And that makes it harder in some aspects, but it also allows for the listener or the fan to get what they want out of it. Um, I know I get something different out of the music than Zach or Mark or Justin or anybody that's sitting there listening to it. Um, and that's the coolest part about the genre that we're kind of dabbled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's, and uh, on top of that, it creates a community of people that all understand that, but we don't really have to talk about it. It's more about everybody's there for their own reasons, but they love the community of it as well. There's a lot of conditioning too, because you have to kind of train uh, yourself to write music differently. Um, And I think there were things that we had to kind of perfect, like the basics of it. Um, And so it was kind of an idea to, you know, let's, let's write kind of, you know, I think there are a lot of um, songs in post-rock that, you know, kind of start off quiet and then, you know, escalate and, and then, you know, until they kind of explode and that's kind of a, a kind of a signature thing. So it's mm-hmm. like, let's grasp the the basic principles of it and like kind of perfect that. And then let's deconstruct it and do our own thing with it and try out every song as an experiment going back to kind of, that is the, the base of post rock for us. And so it's, how do we, 
um, how do we tell that story and how do we tell it differently where it's interesting and make our own place um, in this genre. And if, it's very interesting because of so much music that I've gotten into, uh, everything like Spotify creates, you know, your 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 daily mixes and everything of the different genres of music. And I've gotten to the point where I have a, I've, it's curated because of my music tastes, my, uh, a special post-rock, you know, playlist. But then it's gotten to the point where I can't listen to it. Because I can't get into one style of one artist and then jumping to another style. It's almost like it forces you uh, to listen to a, a, an artist uh, uh, and an album front to back. Which, um, which is a lost art uh, when it comes to the streaming and all that mm -hmm. stuff and the, the radio stations and mm -hmm. things like that. So perfect point yeah that's exactly and I that's something that, that yeah something we're, we were very conscious about in our last album is making sure the entire thing kind of listen you listen to it as a one whole piece of music mm -hmm. um, everything kind of flows together and then we even try to incorporate that into our set now so our set there's really because we don't sing we don't really ever need microphones in front of us to speak to right so we kind of keep it where our set we go up there we start our music and then everything kind of flows until the end of the set we want to be kind of one piece of music and it's hard to do um, but it's fun, and when we do it right, it's it's good. It's something very uh, very great. I mean, I miss uh, during traveling down from 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 Toledo, Ohio to Indianapolis. Um, I miss ended up and because a band uh, ended up having the having car problems, you guys had to move everybody up. I miss part of your set. Uh, for Pillars, because I think we walked into the brewery at Indiana City Brewing, uh, where the first post-festival was, and I caught the tail end of your guys' set, and I was upset, so I was really excited to see a set from Pillars last night um, uh, in full, and, and get that feel of like, you know, and also recognizing some of the songs, because I've listened to uh, Of Salt and Sea, the, your newest one you just you just alluded to, uh, you dropped on December 27th on in-store recordings, Um it's. I recognize some of the stuff outside of the last song, which uh, when you guys debuted it, and you won't hear it on here on this episode, unfortunately. I tried, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but it was brand new, and I was like, is that brand new? It's like I, I, I recognize where one was what I've heard before, what was familiar, and what wasn't. So I think that's very good of like learning the genre, learning the thing. But yeah. I can't. I can't jump from listening to ranges and then jumping to like shipwreck Carpathos or you know coastlands or uh, some of the other acts that I've gone into. Yeah, they're you know, all like, great bands. But they're all great bands. I just it can't. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like you know taking, it's like trying to make a puzzle from four different puzzles. Well, and that's speaking on that too. Uh, where we're at now, uh, finished writing an album, our new album, uh, working on finishing the recording right now. Now we're gonna have to piece together. Of Salt and Sea World and the next world, and it's, I think that may pose to be a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, so like you said, that like I was saying, our our, our set flows very well. Mm -hmm. That new song we played last, if you notice, that's the only time there's a break because we don't know how to get <laughs> right. to that song yet. <laughs> right. We still have to figure it out. Right, but we'll we'll get there eventually. I think I think it still works because like a lot of people expect that little that break for the clap or the pause or for like just the emotional stop for just a moment to breathe yeah. and then do it. So I think it still worked. I know a lot of the songs when you were going through songs from a song and see the who had like the overlowering you know fuzz or whatever you know the musical term you you'll have to excuse me I'm not a musician myself so like I but how I'm hearing it as a as a listener like the just the overarching fuzz or like the overarching tone from the end of one song to the next song flowed very well but 
everybody in the audience still felt like, okay, this is the natural end, even though you were still continuing the thought process. Yeah, I had someone one time tell me that our show drained them emotionally watching us, and I don't know if I ever told you guys that, but they were like, yeah, just they're like it was awesome, but it drained me. They're like, because there is no break, and they were like, there was no time for me to like sit on it, like. It just kept going. Right. It was just more and more. And they're like, I loved it. They're like, but it was just draining. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, makes sense. <laughs> my wife, my wife, because I got into more, because uh, I, I was blown away from uh, a lot of the stuff that I heard at the post festival. And it, and when we went down to the post festival, my wife wasn't feeling so hot. But like, there, at certain points, she was just like, I can't listen to some of the sets because I'm just like, I just like zone out and I start to fall asleep, which is not necessarily like out of negativity, like, oh, this is boring. Right. I can't, but it's just like you get so involved and so lost mm. to the point where you just like, you don't know physically what you're doing. Right. Like a lot of bands and also a lot of bands go into that more ambient route mm. where it's almost just like they're making sounds that may almost loosely translate into a quote unquote song, but it's still like a, a loosely generated idea. Yeah. And that's kind of what Nathan was saying earlier. I think when he was saying that, um, hide behind vocals, um, I think what he means by that is like in an, our traditional songwriting stance, you know, you have an intro and then your verse and you're kind of like, Oh, once we get to the verse, we can hang on these, this chord progression for, you know, four or eight measures, whatever, and let the vocals do it. Whereas then when we started doing this, we're like, Oh shit, we need to figure out how to keep this interesting and then add to it and then keep the whole thing interesting. Because if not, then you get into like, what you're talking about where some ambient noise where that's cool, but it's like, it gets boring to throw out. And mm-hmm. I, I can't personally get into that, but like, I need something to keep my interest all the time through the song. So that's where it's really hard to write something and even a whole album that's changing stuff. And it's really easy to fall in kind of the post-rock tropes of just, let's just throw some tremolo picking in here. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to always try to be conscious of like, Hey, let's not do the generic kind of stuff. But sometimes you need that. That's what the song needs. That's where it takes it to the next level. We try to look at, um, the tremolo picking is sort of like the vocals in post-rock. Like it's, it can take the melody where it needs to go for the next section. But it's hard to do. Yeah, and our background too is a little different than maybe some other uh, post rock bands that are playing now. Is we kind of came from like an indie rock, punk rock type background, and uh, that kind of keeps our songs a little more uh, sh- shorter, I guess, or a little more concentrated. Yeah, I think concentrated idea- is a better word. We get our ideas across in a seven minute or five minute time period, where other bands may take it which is not a bad thing but they'll take it to 12 to 15 or if zach was in control all our songs would be 12 to 15 yeah. <laughs> that is very true and we couldn't afford to do a double album yeah <laughs> <laughs> that being said though, we're on a pit we're, on a, we're <laughs> i cut a lot out <laughs> yeah that being said our new record is only six songs and we're having problems trimming it down for the yeah <laughs> I guess so right. i guess we are, we are so getting far. longer here. yeah okay. yeah a little bit but it is, I, I feel I, I listen to a lot of post-rock I, all, all week I'm listening to post-rock and I feel that that might be almost an American post-rock thing as opposed to the other countries that are putting it together um, the writing structure the song structures and things like that I, I can relate a lot of the bands that are within a couple hundred miles of us are kind of in the same movement uh, in in the genre, so that makes sense. Yeah, the, yeah, you hit a good point. A lot of post rock music is actually a more European thing. Absolutely. Um, and 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 this genre, I I, I don't want to say it's, I don't want to say it's new, 
in America, because I think that's a lack of better term. I think it's evolved from a lot of like the classical sense or jazz influences and everything. Mm. It's just kind of like the next step, I guess, uh, or a step in musical evolution or a, a musical genre of sorts. Um, but in Europe, it's it's a very heavy thing. Yes. Um, Nathan, it seems like you're you're more of the expert. Do you know more about like why Europe kind of floats to that style of music than in America, or is it just like it's something they've just progressively made and it's just hip in Europe and America's is just well, we're America, so we have to be super structured and radio focus and yeah. two minutes and everything and go out. I, I don't I don't know. Zach may be able to speak on that a little bit more than Zach doesn't know. I've He's not. A, I've got kind of an interesting theory. Okay. Um, because of there's no language barrier. Okay. Because there's no there's no vocals or lyrics that you could have a band from anywhere come and play and uh, you can still enjoy it, and not know you know, and make your own sense of what it is. Um, and that's a big part of post rock um, or instru- instrumental instrumental music um in general is just being able to create your own story um it's art that's very true that's a good point because uh mexico uh you know with the the streaming and all that we're able to see where people listen to our music Mm -hmm. and yes europe uk huge but then mexico and south america are big on our lists as well really as far as uh yeah daily streams and things like that so you probably nailed it. I, I never really thought about yeah, that. that. Makes um, yeah. European countries, I guess, there's like a, more languages kind of put together. Although America's also a sort melting of a, pot, but. a universal style of music, like anyone can listen to anything. Makes yeah. sense because yeah. I'll listen to a band and I'll be really into them, and I'm like, oh, where are they from? We should see if they come to post, and it's like Sweden. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> ah, <laughs> we got that in the budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are everywhere.
I want to take a quick break in the middle of this podcast to first off thank you for listening thus far to the On The Radar podcast. And if you like what you hear and you want to be more involved in this wonderful project, well, check us out at our Patreon page. Now, depending on what level you donate a monthly fee, you can get a better experience and a more in-depth and involved experience with the On The Radar podcast. We do this podcast to not only show love for the Midwest, but to show all of these great music these men and women who are working hard to get their art out into the world, and we are giving a stage for it. There are links in the episode description. There are links at our social media pages. Consider checking us out and donating at our Patreon page. No, and and the, and the streaming and and there's always positive and negatives, and it's not it's not been a uh, it's never not been a topic of conversation because it, it helps a lot of artists. But as as uh, as we alluded before, Nathan is I mean you we we spoke about this. It's like post. Post rock forces you to listen to an album front to back, mm-hmm. and a lot of and it, you it's very hard to make a mixtape of sorts. Like it helps for like because I know like the guys at Thousand Arms, uh, very very great guys. Seriously, like shout out to Thousand Arms. First off, like I've never had so many nice fucking shirts and also mind blowing art and posters. Yeah, at like. Blown away by that. So shout out to Thousand Arms. Yeah, sponsor absolutely. us, maybe. No, yes. no, I'm kidding. Uh, or if um, maybe not. Anyway, <laughs> point is, like, it, it, they, they brought out like you know a playlist of just like and like hyping up like you know what's good in the post rock world or, or in the post world and everything, or help develop a post fest you know playlist, which is good for someone like me who's new to the new to the world and getting a taste of like what can I listen to and everything, but. In general, it, it's that mentality, uh, much like vinyl, um, it forces you to listen to an album front to back instead of bouncing around. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Of Salt and Sea. Uh, you dropped that in 2017. Outside of, you know, you have your, your, your self-titled EP, your, uh, your two-song uh, um, EP called The Great Divide where Mark was on vocals and everything, but Of Salt and Sea was the baby, the the culmination the 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 right moves and the direction you want to go to so tell me a little bit about developing of this album well it kind of started with great divide we um we the it's a two song ep one song is instrumental that was the first song i think any of us have ever released instrumental and we were like oh we really like this and then we were kind of writing music mark and i that was post-rock-esque like the the chord structures and things like that. And we, I think we decided during that recording process, maybe or sometime around that, we're like, Hey, this is, let's just make this the last time we ever do vocals. And we're all like, okay, let's do that. And then we started figuring it out from there. So it kind of started there. And then we even, after we put up salt sea, and I think even at post fest, maybe we played the song with vocals from that album. We play it with no vocals now. Because it's kind of it's it works that way the way we wrote it it doesn't sound like a song that's missing vocals yeah it was more to we yeah. kind of it, it's it seems more like the vocals on it were an afterthought I think now because now I don't even hear them in my head at first when we dropped them it was I always heard it and now I hear it as a just a instrumental song yeah so kind, kind of started there yeah it's kind of fascinating hearing something like that where you said you know vocals were an afterthought which is complete opposite for most genres is vocals are the forefront obviously um it's very interesting here do you think you ever would float back to that idea or just like a special like hey you know let's try something different or whatever or a fluke or is it just like you know you kind of yeah, shut the, shut the thing at the yeah end. that's yeah. the best part about the, the music is we can do whatever the hell we want. No. I mean, the voice is just another instrument, so we can use it however we want to, you know? Yeah. Nice. 
So if Salt Sea is available now, wherever you get your music, mm-hmm. go check it out. It's super rad. It's 42 minutes. Actually, what you were talking about lengthwise uh, for the next album you guys are working on, which at the time of this recording, you are currently working on. Yes. Um, where at, can you tell us anything about what the direction you're going for this one, for this album? Well, direction is it, kind of weird. With the with the writing of, of how we wrote it and my personal opinion of it, I feel like... The last couple of years have been pretty difficult, I think, uh, universally, culturally, mm-hmm. and personally mm-hmm. for a lot of us. And what I've seen was when I tracked the drums this last Sunday for, for the album, I definitely noticed a darker and heavier tone to this to this album, what we're writing. But um, it, it's very strange because with that dark and heavy, but there, there's also just that raw beauty of emotion shining through. So that's kind of my take on on the the sounds that are coming uh, soon. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how I would describe it. It's just dark and heavy. It's definitely our darkest stuff we've ever done. Yeah, which is makes me happy somehow. I don't, yeah. I don't know why. But uh, Mark, uh, we've kind of put together a concept. I mean, we wrote it without a concept, but uh, during writing it kind of evolved into a story in our own heads. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, I I'm super excited to show people and I wish I could show people the demos, but Justin may. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. It, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to name an album and name songs that have no lyrics. Yeah. So well, naming shit is hard in general. Yeah, it is. So we, we've just kind of come up with like kind of an idea and they were like, all right, let's, let's take this idea and then let's turn all this, make, make all this kind of conceptualized around this idea, the music and like, are we going to talk about like what it's about or anything? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So I, I, I kind of brought the table. I was like, I was really in the show on Netflix called dark. Have you seen that show? It's like a German show. It's an excellent show, but I was really into that show and we started writing these songs and working on them. And it's about, it kind of centers around this cave, this like supernatural cave. And I, as ha- I kept having like a vision of caves every time we're listening to the songs. And I kind of brought that to Mark and Nason and everybody. And we're all just like, yeah, that's cool. Let's run with that. So since then, we've just been kind of running with like a dark, eerie cave kind of theme, if that makes sense. Well, it's it's um, it's about isolation yeah. and how um, even in this, <clears throat> in this time, we're all connected through social media. Um, we're actually pulled further apart. Um, and it feeling in living in an age of isolation. Um, and I can't remember the name of the book, uh, off the top of my head. I, I read, but it's, it's basically a book that puts together a plan about how we, um, we take back, uh, and get out of this, this age of isolation and, um, rebuild from a community level, um, to, to make everything, uh, well again. <laughs> so, um, but I think overall it's, it's isolation and that, that visual, um, of a cave or being, uh, inside of one. What was the name of the book? Do you, do you not remember off the top of my head? I don't. Okay. I'd have to, I have to get my phone out and look and <laughs> so, let me know. Cause that, that yeah. sounds fascinating to me. I, I definitely, it, okay. It's called out of the wreckage by George Mon. M M O N B I O T of the wreckage. Yeah, a new politics for age of crisis. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
So, so political, you know, political. Well, it's, poli it's political but, driven, yeah. but uh, but much like the the what is going on right now, and and a lot of the darkness, a lot of isolation of of people, races, uh, sexualities, things like that. And fortunately, we are. Uh, I like to make the metaphor of like those lunch trays where all the, like the things are separate, like it's all together. But it's not all together. We're not the 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 gumbo that of this nation that we are right now. We are very separate um, and not equal at at all. As much as you know, we all come from walks of life, and it's unfortunate the powers that be. And it's decades long of just like shady backroom deals, dark world uh, things like that. That's gotten to the point where. We now at social media, because of it, it's all now all in the open and nobody can hide from anything in a sense. Um, news travels at the speed of, of, of snaps uh, and and the everything can get misconstrued in the matter of moments. And, and it's unfortunate and it's very dark, but I feel like it, it's gotten to that point. It had to, I'm a big, and I, and I spoke to this before. I, I'm a big believer of of things have to get super bad and break down and you almost have to have an emotional breakdown yourself before you can build yourself up more and and better and and I feel like as a country as a as a society right now we are at that point yeah and as artists uh, you, we le we lean towards one way of the spectrum mm -hmm. in politics but mm -hmm. we also have to be cognizant of people that aren't uh, and try to work together or just put the music on the table and be like, man, we don't have to talk about any of this shit right now. Let's just hang out and jam or uh, listen to music. So it, it's a two-sided thing for uh, a band where we could get super political or we could not touch it at all um, mm -hmm. because some sometimes people don't want to talk about it or think about it or associate no. their music with it. Um, but then there's the other side where it's very important for artists and musicians to be able to speak their mind. And sometimes we can't do that as a post-rock band, like we just talked for the last hour. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also cool that we don't have to because you can still pull your own things out of it. Exactly. And I feel like that's what music should be in general is, is just like, and that's why it's a beautiful thing. It is a universal language um, to express it and post rock actually. And, and that types of music kind of steps back uh, from all that and just go like, this is what we put out feel it how you feel it and you're feeling the actual notes the tempo the the signatures the everything you're you you are concentrating on that and even in that and then we go it goes back to that methodical point of like when you're even building the pedal boards like i'm i'm always fascinated by pedal boards you know i i i, I wish i should have practiced maybe younger and maybe there's still time obviously but of of like doing instruments and everything because i always love fascinating about pedals where you can take a instrument and its core and different things can tweak it and turn it and sound it and fuzz it and and loop it or whatever to the point where it's a whole different thing it's it's not even where it was originally at and that is and that is fascinating and it's also a comparison of life um this also got super deep all of a sudden but whatever yeah, it's, uh, really dark it's, it's all right it's all right it's fun it's so um but it, it, it you go through different points in your life and different sounds in your life and you get and you come back almost a different or better or more experimental state and everything it's beautiful to see post-rock do that this goes back to like what nason said i mean even though we're not saying anything politically charged and there's bands that do i would almost 
say that yes, we are politically charged because the music that we're creating, the music that we're we're about to release, is you know almost a, a direct reflection of what's going on in this world. That hence why the music that we created for this next album is dark and it's heavy, you know, uh, it's isolated, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and it's just a reflection of our culture of how we feel right now, the frustration with on so many levels, uh, how the world is working right now. So, I mean, that bleeds through with that said, that is almost a, a platform or a conduit for, for the listener to, to have that as their soundtrack of what they're going through, because it's a reflection of our, you know, music chip to, you know, portray what we're going through. So it's, it has that relevancy to, you know, um, musicians to listener. Do we have a ETA on this uh, new project sometime this year? It's a pretty tight timeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the album actually is going to be called Cave Em. Cave Em? Cave Em. Okay. Because we couldn't just be super literal because that's just what we do. Um, and we're recording right now. Uh, should be done with recording, hopefully by the end of the month, as long as Justin and Mark don't add 700 guitars per track. <laughs> uh, we're, on, we're on record. We're, we're on pace to break records right now, I think. Uh, Pro Tools only has 120 tracks, so well, at right. least we know they can't do that. Yeah, we're, we're getting, yeah, we're getting uh, warnings from the... that you recorded? 85, 86? Yeah, 86. And we haven't put my guitars on yet. Yeah, still a guitar. <laughs> so it won't sound weak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so timeline, get that done, get it mastered. Zach's uh, hooked up uh, where we're getting it mastered. Then it's on its way overseas to get pressed by Dunk. Uh, we are going to uh, form a partnership with Dunk Records Ooh. and uh, A Thousand Arms for this next release. Um, and it should be out at the end of May. Oh, that's beautiful. And we will pick that up in Europe and tour on it for a week. Nice. In May. Nice. Yeah. Good for you guys. Very excited. And of course, you know, if you haven't seen Dunk uh, or A Thousand Arms, highly recommended. Uh, great products, beautiful art, and like, and that, and 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 that's art in not only a musical sense, but art in a physical sense. Because mm. I like the shirts, you know, we're wearing the sweatshirts, you know, the designs. Uh, I I've never seen like being a fat dude getting like almost kind of artistic and more like um, uh, higher end uh, clothing. Um, is very hard and it also makes very expensive, but it's very like. You know, shirts are twenty to twenty-five dollars, and they look gorgeous. And then when you put it on, it's nicely fitted. It's on good clothing. It doesn't, you know, it 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 you know doesn't you know it's not too tight on the gut. You know, it, it's very helpful. So it's very nice to see have all that stuff out there in a very very um, yeah aesthetic, I mean, very nice uh, visual sense. That's another part of our music and our genres. We're super lucky to be able to. Work with Wilson at Lux and Viticus and Thousand Arms. That's how you. Sp- that's how it's pronounced. I think. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know how it was pronounced. So that was. A, I was like when I heard it. I was like, that's, that sounds right. Is right. that right? So now we have an instant cred just by our album art's going to be incredible, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a part of it. It's not just an afterthought. No. It's a part of the whole process. So, uh, just a quick process on that is we gave Wilson our demos. We gave Wilson the conceptual idea. And we said, you design it how it makes sense to you. And then we'll come back together. And it was, I mean, within it's, it's one in, try. It's incredible so far. 
It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, we. I, at the end of the day, we just feel cool to have Wilson designing our shit.
One of the cool things we're doing on the On The Radar podcast this year is putting out some pieces of merchandise. And our very first one is a collaboration with the good people at the Toledo Clothing Company. Now, the Toledo Clothing Company screen print all their apparel in the Erie Street Market in downtown Toledo. And we are very happy to be collaborating with them on our Ride the Midwest Vibes t-shirt. Now, you can get this t-shirt now online at tolclothingco.com. Not only will you be supporting a great local and independent company like the TOL Clothing Company, but you're helping support the On The Radar podcast so we can do some more fun in the coming years. Let's talk about the Post Festival. So you 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 brought this idea. You brought this festival. You did this uh, in October 19th and 20th of 2018. Tell me a little bit about, you know, the beginnings of, you know, going into, because it's, it's more than just doing a show. Like, I've put together shows um, and you know, four to five acts uh, locally here. Um, and th- th- that's already a lot of work as it is. Uh, and, and that was just me. And, and I didn't even go in the level of like, sh- you know, the, the monetary aspect. I like worked with a booking company. They already had the venue. I already get a, I get a cut or I help sell stuff help promote and you know the bands help sell stuff and everything so like that was almost a bare minimum you all did a festival in indianapolis in indiana city brewing for two days with all these acts from literally across the country what gave you the idea of not only a doing this and b just executing it like what just give me give me the rundown on it well before before nason or anybody else yeah. chimes okay. in <laughs> i just gotta say Nason came up with this idea, and we all basically laughed and were like, "Whatever." Well, no, dude. the reason the and reason it even happened was because we we're, just wanted- we we're tired of not playing any shows with any. We're like, "There's no shows that it makes for it's, sense for us to be on," and we're like, "Shit, we should just book some ourselves." And Nason's like, "Okay, let's." So, <laughs> I'll book right, a two-day so, fest. So it was like almost a joke because it was just like, "Yeah, we want to play with all these bands, but we don't have you know the the time off or the the you know at the time the availability to you know." do you know a week tour with our jobs and you know our families and things like that so it was just like let's just bring them all here and then nason said i got this and we're like whatever and then next thing you know holy smokes nason just (laughs) did something pretty phenomenal for the midwest and we'll let him uh and we're we're in indiana which is the crossroads of america it truly is and i talked to several people from people from atlanta people from new york who came and they're like it's actually really cool it's here because everyone can kind of come right to the middle and just meet and it's easy drives it's right in the midwest it's easy to get to yeah so it kind of just it just worked yeah it worked it it was great it was i mean at at its simplest form it was we are tired of not playing shows with bands that are like-minded um but as it progressed and it started building, it was a realization of there is a community of musicians and fans and so on and so forth that yearn for something like this that's not in Europe. I mean, we were, we're modeling ourselves. We're partnering with Dunk this year. Uh, their festival's incredible uh, in, in Belgium. Um, so that was kind of our model and it just worked and it was it was easy like i was telling you yesterday chris i have a list of i'm not even exaggerating 150 support bands that want to play this festival and maybe they think it's way cooler than it is but 
it is it was cool it was it was, it was an eye-opening experience and it was i absolutely fell in love with the genre and the acts and the bands that i saw uh and even from there i i still have working relationships with some of the bands that are in different different states different countries i have a, a nail I, I made an enamel pin of myself of my face and I traded pens with uh, uh, the guitarist of Coastlands and he's in he's he's on the west coast and I just saw a, a video of him on Instagram of him wearing his jean jacket and my face is still on his on his lapel we should tell Jason that and, and I love and, and I talk to him on frequent I feel like I blow him up a little bit too much but I love it and, but I love that guy and he's hilarious yeah. and 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 the stuff that Coastlands and their new album they just just they drop was fucking incredible incredible um uh it was i i did like a top nine uh albums of 2018 and that was that was uh the number i think that was the eighth or ninth album i did it was like and i don't like doing I like i look at the albums of like what i really listen to the most of and in 2018 was a lot of more like towards the end it was a lot more instrumental and everything but like that one that album like spoke to me and everything I was glad to, and I was glad I caught them uh, everything there was one band I did I was a little upset that I missed due to traveling um, and I'm hoping when they announce a tour they'll they'll do something this direction so I can catch them maybe put them on the show uh, Staghorn. Um, I was really disappointed that I missed them because the idea of it and their their um, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that band, that band has a very big storyline. Uh, uh, they're in a very post-apocalyptic world, and the storyline and the music kind of interludes with that, with like oh, not with just like a, a a monologue that they do with it. But I saw like live footage and everything what they're doing. I'm just like I'm pissed that I missed that. Yeah, they're yeah they're very passionate uh, people and. Uh, great band obviously mm -hmm. uh, and we love having them we've we've played with them twice now yeah. um and the 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 band is just they want to get their music out and what we were talking about earlier about the political aspect and things mm -hmm. like that they are they have they stick to their convictions and they don't force it upon other people but they will they will knowledgeably talk to you about anything that mm -hmm. they're putting out in their storylines and things like that because it is relevant and in, in, in uh real world too but so. the acts you grabbed and the places you you got them from and and you know i got to see loom who i became a fan of uh before the even the fest uh and uh they were grad man our previous guest man mountain played um and there was two and you know you got everybody was freaking out about the Appleseed cast doing stuff and now they're putting out they're working on a new album yeah. and they were they were phenomenal um we had to end up leaving early uh the second night because you know my, we couldn't get three days off for our work so like we had we got Friday and Saturday off right. uh, or excuse me no my wife still had to work Friday she got Saturday off and then she still had to work early on Sunday morning so we left the post fest right after loom set and we missed outrun the sunlight um but we had to just trek back four hours uh four or five hours because we took like a break in between on the turnpike um uh not turnpike excuse me, the rest area to go back so my wife could get to work that morning yeah that's, that's so tough stuff. yeah but it was it was such a it was such a phenomenal crazy like awe-inspiring like weekend of music yeah it, yeah i mean in the the most important part was the community of that. I mean, the music was incredible from start to finish. Um, I was tired as hell at the end of mm -hmm. it just because I invested emotion into it for six months before that. So everybody said, Oh my God, the music was great. Uh, brought out a lot of emotion. But at the end I'm like relief a little bit as well. <laughs> but then I was so proud of not me, not Derek, not what we did, but 
that the idea is right. Like we need uh, an area to, or a time where we can all be together. Kind of starting to sound like Kumbaya or something. But. <laughs> I mean, it works. It's so. a great community. And it is. It, you know, the people we met there, everyone was so cool, man. It was just everybody, every person, every band. I mean, no one had big heads, anything. It was awesome. A lot of the people we knew from online have yeah. been talking for a while, you know, and then like we <laughs> we meet and it's like we're best buds yeah. like right on the bat. Yeah, it's like a blind date kind of. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah, yeah, because yeah. I interviewed I interviewed Metavari to hype up the Post Festival yeah. and then meeting the guy in person. He was such the sweetest, nicest guy. And then seeing his set live was was very cool. His set was incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, um. You're working on the new one now. Yes. The the second annual one. Yes. Anything you can talk to us about on this yeah. one? Yeah. Um, so we're going to do it at the beginning of October this year. Try to capture a little bit more fall weather because mm-hmm. uh, that's also connects me to post rock or at least me and I'm booking it. So I'm going to put it where I want weather wise. Yeah. Uh, and we're uh, we're putting ourselves at a new venue that uh, we can grow in. Mm. Um, we love the. ICB people. I mean, that was great. It was amazing. I, it actually hurt to let them know that we were going to delicious beer. Yes, and they're absolutely. and they the they made the po- the special post beer. Yes, uh, and the and Thousand Arms did the the design, the can, and everything, mm-hmm. and and the, it was a very good beer. So. so we hopefully can still partner that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and we are. Coffee. And the coffee. And circadian coffee. <laughs> yep. That was good coffee too. So we're we're uh, we're going to go to a venue uh, called the Irving Theater. Um, and the cap is double, maybe even triple of where we were. Um, but we can use a space. We're not thinking that we're going to do that growth this year, but maybe the headliners will prove to, to be that way. But we were kind of maxed out where we were headliner wise, uh, where it wouldn't make sense unless everybody wants to fork out $150 for a ticket. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do that either. We're, we're still not in any way, shape or form doing it to make a buck yet. It was uh, what well, was the weekend? It was the weekend was forty dollars? Uh, I think I think last year, uh, yeah, I something remember. like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which was for a two day festival yeah, is it came out incredible. To like four or five dollars a band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is not <laughs> terrible at all. Man. Yeah, but it, it was it was incredible. Um, any uh, and and from even from the post festival, you decided to start. Not only we 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 talked about in the beginning of the episode these post festival pop up shows. Yes, there was one last night at the time of this recording. We, it was at our friends at the Mohawk Studio in Sandusky. Uh, you guys, Cirrus, um, uh, Native Native Drugs, and um, Mirror Room. There was one more. Mirror I don't want to look room, at my uh, Mirrored Room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that that was that was a fun show, a solid turnout. And then uh, the day of this recording, you're, you're doing Cirrus's uh, CD release show, mm-hmm. um, and they're out of Cleveland. Yeah. Um, and incredible uh, band. They they were a lot of fun last night. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed them. And then uh, you were telling me that you you guys are working on doing more post uh, uh, pop up shows throughout the country. Yeah, I mean, I I have all this time on my hands with four kids and a job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just uh, Derek and I. Derek is uh, kind of my partner in this. Uh, and Derek has uh, two kids. Yeah, Derek yeah. has two, and I have four, and Zach has seven. Mark has. <laughs> yeah. uh, but <laughs> yes, we are very uh, dad band heavy here. But uh, Derek is a great partner. Where 
well, he may not be a great partner because every stupid idea I have, he says, yes, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with the popularity of the PostFest and maybe it's more of the social media popularity of it, uh, we see an opportunity where we can help grow other um, pockets of post rock. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you, over the next months, you'll see eight to 10 shows in different cities. Uh, that will feature probably at least one alumni of the first PostFest and then other bands that are either into PostFest and want to play PostFest or, you know, we're just trying to build the community. So then we do have that like one time a year where we can say, okay, Dallas, Omaha, Cleveland, um, and so on, so on, so on. Now all those people have the opportunity and know, have a taste of what we want to do as a whole in one place. Um, and it it works. It's something that we can talk about throughout the year and support bands. Uh, again, not a money grab in any way, shape, or form, but more of just a hey, let's put our let's put our stamp on this show, and uh, hopefully that I don't know if it'll help or not, but uh, hopefully that will accumulate into a, a, a larger, more passionate community. Um, yeah, and I feel like every time we play a show, I feel like at least one person comes up and say, "I've never heard a band like this before. I've never heard." you know no instrument or no vocal band and it's it's awesome and then they get like into it so mm-hmm. i think the idea of doing these pop-up shows is you know a couple of people at every one of those shows discovers post-rock for the first time and so, it's just slowly building the community so then we all none of the bands have to say have you ever heard explosions in the sky yeah. <laughs> yeah. you guys sound like explosions in yeah, the sky. yeah, yeah, yeah. Up yeah. which is fine i mean that's an incredible band but yeah. that's always our lead-in because we're people are asking what well, i don't understand instrumental mu- instrumental music are you a classical music yeah. band right or, you know it's are you jazz and it's like no here's here's the the what are they called the the tr- holy trinity yeah um, of, of post-rock go listen to these three songs then come back to me and i'll give you something else and most people do come back because they're like holy shit this is yeah. mm-hmm. way cool i didn't think that i'd be into something like this i was asked one time after a show if our singer was sick and couldn't make it <laughs> God, <laughs> bro! <laughs> like it was great, man. But we should they're like, you guys are awesome, but like, your singer sick, and I was like, no, we just don't have one. They're like, oh, well, that's cool too. Are you looking for one? <laughs> Fucking weird. Are you looking? Yeah. For <laughs> have you gotten that or no? <laughs> I've gotten that. Oh wow! Yeah. When we when we first started doing in, in the instrumental sets, um, there was probably two people. There's this like, man, I'd love to, you know, continue the vocals like. We won't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? and, that, and that's the thing, too, like with the post pop up thing, and then we can stop talking about post, but there's not a lot of shows that make sense where you can have a whole show like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we play, we don't play out a lot locally because there's a lot of great bands in Indianapolis, but it's hard for us to fit into uh, a show that's you're there for that. Like maybe most shows that we play in indie is very metal heavy, so we'll play like a a post metal or a metal show, or mm-hmm. so it's it maybe this sounds stupid, but like a treat for these people to see us play just because it's not all metal, but right? Then, it it brings up the norm. We also feel yeah. kind of fucking weird at the show too because they're like it's either well let's get back to metal, what is this or so the the pop up uh, model gives an opportunity for more than one like-minded band to be together to do something together. And also you've you've turned the post festival almost into its own brand with the post recordings now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, uh, Derek was supposed to say no to that too. <laughs> <laughs> but we damn it, Derek. At, at the end of the day, we're just trying to help. I mean, not that we have a huge platform, but maybe we have a bigger platform than a band that's going to do something on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our partnership with a thousand arms and uh, other partnerships that we're working with with uh, where post rock dwells out of. Uh, not even America, right? Uh, yeah, premiering these YouTube videos—it's huge for us. Yeah, uh, but we're just nobody's doing it to make a buck. We're all doing it because we love the music, or we love the people that are doing it, and that it's it's an opportunity, a, another community opportunity, I guess, even in the pseudo community of social media. Well, I do have an idea I want to pitch to you for uh, since this is the second one. Are you sure? Are you sure you want to pitch it to him and not Derek? I was getting ready to say maybe we should talk to Derek. He's the yes man. <laughs> since this is the second year, it's the only year that we can call it uh, two posts, two furious. Oh shit! I, I see a T-shirt. In the yeah, first. there you go. <laughs> we could set up some. Did you just come up with that just now? Yeah. Wow. That's Bravo. You have a gift. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. We can get some Honda we- Civics out front with some lights. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wilson, get on that. Uh, so, yeah. So, a lot of cool things uh, happening in the post world. Um, <laughs> he's still laughing about it. It's a good name. <laughs> it's a good name. It's, it's strangely, strangely. Two post, two period. Yep. How many, but how many of those movies are there? They had to keep naming them, There's right? Seven, right? There's like so yeah, many. Yeah, it got to the point where it's just like, it, it just became fast and furious. Like, yeah. it just became its own. Like entity, I think the next one's gonna be called like Fast and Furious, the new one. <laughs> so, another the newer one. one, yeah. Fast and Furious, another one. It's yeah. starring DJ Khaled. <laughs> it always reminds me of uh, Spaceballs, or like Rocky Five Thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, so you got all these things going on, not only with pillars and the, and the post things and, and, and everything else. So what else is, you know, you, you have prepared or you want to shoot for, for this year? I mean, our our big goal is, uh, obviously the release of the album. Um, and then after that, it's hitting the road for a minute. I mean, it's really hard for us. Like we alluded earlier with all kids and wives and things. And this is all happening. Like, way later in our lives than we wanted it to but right. we can't say no now no i, I mean um so yeah europe it's going to be incredible uh the reception that uh the bands we're, we're going to be uh rolling on down the road with coastlands uh in nice. europe and the reception that we've got uh with booking agents and things like that has been insane um Europe just seems to be a different animal, and you asked me to tell you more about that, but I don't know yet. No, <laughs> we can talk about it uh, later this year, but the initial reaction to be able to play a show on a Tuesday and the the venue's freaking pumped to do it, <laughs> uh, that doesn't happen in America. No. Um, and so that that's, that's huge for us. Uh, I think that'll open up more doors and more opportunities uh, in the future as well, where we'll we'll have to again come to a crossroads and say okay so we started this band wanting to do 90s alt rock covers and now we're is that what it began as that's what i wanted it to be we covered peter gabriel's uh in your eyes for a couple of shows that'll that'll probably come out at some point that was a pretty sweet it it was our little own uh twist to it and it was awesome and mark saying it was beautiful it was awesome yep but uh so 
we'll see. The, the crossroads keep happening, and we keep either turning left or right. We haven't stopped yet. So um, not saying we're going to be old, jaded dudes keep doing this forever, but, I mean, it's been amazing where we're at now and meeting people like you and sitting here and talking about it. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. I mean, we all just missed. We had like we were saying we'd all been in bands for years and we hadn't played in a long time and we're like needed a reason to get together and drink beer and then it turned into this a couple of years later. I needed a reason <laughs> to have an excuse to hang out with my brother. Yeah, that's that's really how it started. Yeah. Uh, that's beautiful. And, and now we don't drink beer at practice. Yeah, we don't because there's too many buttons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One drop and it's over. Yeah. Yeah. The pedal boards, I'll take some photos. The pedal boards and these are gorgeous. So yeah. yeah, so a lot of back to the future stuff going on. So yes. uh but yeah, I, I don't know if that I don't know what the future holds, but it's there's not one thing where we aren't counting it out. It could it could go either it could go in many different directions. That's beautiful. I'm I'm very excited for everything post related and you guys and the you know Assault and Sea is is a banger of an album. Highly recommend it and can't wait for the new stuff and definitely will be picking all that stuff up uh, when you drop it for the new album uh, in a couple of months. If we want to get in touch with you and Pillars, how do we do so? Um, I I don't know. That's that was the only question I can't answer. That's our website, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, let's start at the website. Pillarstheband.com, pillarsmusic.com will go to the website. There's a contact page there. Yeah, sorry. No, I was trying to stay away from the social media thing because we just talk shit about it for a half hour. Uh, so, it's, <laughs> it it's, it's a necessary it. evil. Yeah, so uh, and, and distribution through A Thousand Arms for Of Salt and Sea uh, starting this week. We have a very limited amount of our first pressing left, a very, very limited amount of CDs left, if anybody is still into that. I know Justin's way into it. Dude, people bought them. Yeah. So uh, those, are, those are the cheap plugs on selling stuff. Uh, the new album, watch the internet. It will be out at the end of May uh, mm -hmm. for, for purchase, uh, whether it be in Europe or in America at that point. Awesome. Anything else you guys want to add? Mark. Mark, sing a song. Mark, sing a song. Say it. Say a poem. S sing, do a ditty. Sing, sing a "Let Me Down" a little bit. Do do <laughs> do, do the thing. I'll pass on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I kind of just want to drop an f bomb and then yeah, do it. End it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. There it is. Yep. There it is. <laughs> I didn't do uh, it. Once, we are. So there is one thing. If yeah. the executives. Or, you know, the stakeholders of Taco Bell are listening to this podcast. We are in search of, you know, sponsorships with Taco Bell. Of Taco Bell. Yes. Okay, we'll make sure we'll tag that in the in the description. Hashtag maybe, Taco hashtag Bell. Hashtag Taco yeah, Bell. They'll shill like the nacho fries and uh, chicken quesadillas for life. Yes. And they need you can green. cut that from this recording. Yeah. I will not. Because <laughs> I wanted to have. Zach is fueled by Taco Bell for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, quite the foodies pillars are. Excellent. <laughs> and it is slowly killing him. <laughs> I, I do I do t eat too much Taco Bell myself sober than I really honestly should. So, consciously make the decision. Yeah. I consciously go, I'm hungry. I need to go for lunch. I didn't pack food. 
going to go to Taco Bell because it's Bell. the closest thing could to my work. It's either Taco Bell, McDonald's, Arby's, or Subway. If I want anything else, I have to drive farther away and waste more time in my lunch break than I need to. And they don't have a $5 box. And they also don't have a $5 box and I get a full fucking meal for $5. <laughs> I feel like shit afterwards. Yeah. But it's $5. Well, that goes our sponsorship. Yeah, there it is. Oh, they know what they're getting into. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Let's, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Come on now. Uh, of course, if you want, if you're interested in recording any music uh, of any sorts, you know, hit up uh, Pat here uh, at Underhill Recordings and also check out his band, uh, Ghost Native, if you're into melodic hardcore. Great stuff coming from that way. And actually, recently, Pat has decided to become the frontman of the group. So, uh, Mazel Tov to you, brother. And uh, very excited for stuff like that. If you want to get in touch with us, um, you can check us. We're on all the major pa- podcast platforms. Um, my best recommendation is go to bit, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash on the radar podcast. Um, that is kind of our hub for every place. But we're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can support us on Patreon. Uh, check that out. Uh, the plugs uh, are in the episode and, of course, also uh, links in the description. Um, we are also, uh, if you want to support us, you can buy a t-shirt um, from the Toledo Shirt Company. Uh, that is available now as well. Uh, links at their websites as well. And, uh, yeah, follow us on Facebook, On The Radar PC, Twitter, On The Radar PC, Instagram, On The Radar Podcast. And uh, that will do it. I am Peapod, you are you. And thank you so much for listening for another great episode of the On The Radar Podcast. Take a moment and give a shout out to our friends over at Stupid Rad Merch Company. Now, Stupid Rad is a great Midwest independent punk clothing and accessory shop, and it's also the official home for merchandise for bands like Red City Radio, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, The Bomb Pops, and so much more. They're also really big into wholesale, so if you're into enamel pins, if you're looking for shirts to get printed, these are the guys to talk to. Go check out their website now at stupidradmerch.com. You can save 20% off their line of Stupid Rad Merch Company shirts, accessories, and so much more. Place an order, use RADAR, R-A-D-A-R, as a special passcode at checkout. Not only will you support a great Midwestern independent company like Stupid Rad, but you're going to turn around and help support us with the On The Radar podcast. Get rad with Stupid Rad and be rad by listening to the On The Radar podcast.